I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to jump in this morning to some scripture. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up here on the screen. But you may want to highlight or underline or, or mark a verse in a particular way as God speaks to you through it. Looking at verse 16 and then moving to verse 19 and following. Paul writes, Yet when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, for I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. So we're reading about Paul's compulsion, this burden on his heart to preach the gospel. Now, why does he do that? We find that out if you move down to verse 19 and look with me. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law, to those not having the law. I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. And I do this for the sake of the gospel, so that I may share in its blessings. Paul says there's a weight on him, a burden a compulsion on him to preach. What was he preaching? The good news of Jesus Christ. So the burden was to, to share Christ with others. And he said, this is such a compulsion. This is such a pressure, a burden on me that I am willing to forego my personal preferences I am willing to forego the cultural norms that I grew up with so that I might more fully share Jesus Christ with everyone to meet them where they are on their terms rather than on my terms, on their turf rather than on my turf. That is how compelled I am. That is how important this is to me. That is why I am so driven. And I'm going out to do it, Paul says, for the sake of of the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. I am doing it for the sake of the gospel. I'm not doing it for money. I'm not doing it for prestige. I'm not doing it to be seen by others or to be honored by others. I'm doing it for the sake of of the gospel, because what I have come to know is salvation, freedom in Christ Jesus, freedom from my sin, freedom to live in the grace of God. I've come to know that personally, and I am compelled to share it with others, because when I look around, what I see are people who are in bondage, in bondage to religion, in bondage to guilt, in bondage to sin. I look around and I see this, and I am compelled to say, you can be free for the sake of the gospel and sharing its blessings. What are the blessings of the gospel? It's not just the rewards that we get. The re greatest reward, the greatest blessing that you will ever receive from sharing the gospel is seeing people set free. 
Seeing people whose lives have been eternally changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the question we need to ask this morning is, do we have the same compulsion? Is that burden on us to share Jesus with others so that they too might be set free? Well, evidently, evidently we aren't burdened quite like Paul was. May I share with you some statistics? These come from the Southern Baptist Convention. 90% of the world's population is lost. That is 90%. 5 billion plus or minus. 5 billion people don't know Jesus Christ. Don't have a relationship with God through Christ. 5 billion people lost. No hope of heaven. Let that one sink in. What about in our own neighborhood? Well, there are 258 million people in North America alone who are lost. 258 million who are lost in North America. United States, Canada, down in the Caribbean. 258 million. Finally, one more statistic. There are 6,426 people groups with no Christian witness. What is a people group? People group have a a common heritage, a common language. They share a common culture. We pray for one of the people groups called the Rajputs. They have a very small Christian witness within that, in, in that part of India. But there are some who have no Christian witness at all. In other words, there's no one there to tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let those sink in. And then I want to I contrast them with some different numbers. Compare it with this. 95% of Christians have never won a soul to Christ. Now, let me, let me stop right here and say, I know that you and I don't win people to Christ, but have never been used by God to lead someone to Christ. So let, we won't worry about semantics here too much. 95%. Look a little further. 80% of Christians do not consistently witness. That is, it's not intentional to look for someone to share with whom we can share Christ. And then finally, 71% of believers do not give to further the Great Commission. 71% of people who declare Jesus as Lord do not give intentionally to further the cause of Christ, to further the cause of the kingdom. Now, folks, i got to tell you, When we look at those comparisons, that disparity, it's huge. The need for Jesus is astronomical. The will to lead the lost to him is almost infinitesimal by comparison. Now, folks, here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to send you on a guilt trip. I'll go ahead and tell you this. If someone ever wants to send you on a guilt trip, just refuse to pack. Okay? No guilt trips. 
Because this is what I've learned about guilt. Guilt will motivate, but it's not a proper motivation. And secondly, it'll wear off. And so I don't want to try to motivate you to be engaged in the cause of Christ out of a sense of guilt. To get up here and just tell you sob stories and to quote statistics until you feel so bad about it that you finally just look for the first unsuspecting person and you just pounce all over them. That's not the intent of the message today. So if it's not guilt, why should we be sharing our faith? Why should we be furthering the cause by by giving to support the Great Commission? I'll share with you a few things. First of all, because God loves people. And he's put that same love in our hearts. We should share the gospel of Jesus Christ because God loves people. And he's put that love in our hearts. Now, we may shield ourselves from it. We may build barricades around it so that we don't feel it. But if we ever get up close to the heartbeat of God, we begin to understand his love for the lost, his love for the hopeless, his love for the hurting. How do we know this? Because Scripture tells us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. God so loved the world. God so loved the world, the people of the world, that he gave his one and only son. Folks, what more proof do we need that God loves people? He loved them enough that he gave his son to pay the price for their sins. The second reason, I guess, that we could get out of this is is because there's no other way to be saved other than through Jesus (laughs) First of all, God loves people. But secondly, because there isn't any other way for people to be saved apart from Jesus Christ. Now, how do we know this? Because God tells us that too. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. What's this last verse? Say it with me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Could Jesus have been any more clear? No one comes to the Father except through me. And this is the message of the gospel that was preached by the apostles and that is carried on to us today. Peter the apostle said of Jesus, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved so God loves people he's put that love in our hearts because there's no other way of salvation except through Jesus and the third reason we need to be sharing not out of guilt but the third reason is this because Jesus commands it Jesus commands it I want to share with you two verses to make it abundantly clear two portions Matthew 28, then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, I can tell you to do this. I've got the power. Therefore, because the authority has been given to me, therefore, 
Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, just in case we missed that, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, we hear Jesus saying this, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses. A witness is someone who gives a testimony to something they personally experienced in their lives. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Jesus said, do it. There are some times that I had to tell my children that they were to do what I asked them to do. Because I said so. Because I had the authority as their parent to say so. And when I was a kid, I thought it was pretty lame, but it's a pretty good deal when you're a parent. If the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords speaks to us and says, Go and make disciples, you will be my witnesses. He has the authority. And we can disagree about a lot of other things. Denominations abound because people differ on how do you do the Lord's Supper? How do you do baptism? And then the, the various areas of interpretation on, on different things. Denominations exist for that reason. There are differences within this very congregation on how we ought to do things. Differences in musical preferences. Differences in building styles. Differences in, in clothing styles. There are all kinds of differences that you and I might have in the church of Jesus Christ. But there are some truths that should mark the church of Jesus Christ because they're biblical. There's some truths. And the first one is this, God loves people, and he wants to be in relationship to them. I'm going to ask you to put another word above relationship. He wants to be in right relationship to them. He wants to be in right relationship with them. He wants to be their father and for them to be his child. He wants for them to be holy, not because they've earned it or deserve it, but because God has made them holy through Jesus Christ. Secondly, every person is stained with sin, separating them from God. God loves us, wants to be in right relationship with us, but each and every one of us is stained with sin. And that separates us from God. It breaks the relationship. Third, Jesus died to pay the price for our sin and to reconcile us with God. God loves us, wants a relationship. We've got sin, which is a huge problem because it separates us from God. But God sent his son Jesus to die, to pay the price for that sin so that you and I might be reconciled, brought back into right relationship with him. And for those of us who have come into that relationship, Jesus gives to us the mission of showing and sharing the good news of salvation across the street and around the world. That mission has been given to us. For everyone here who knows that they're saved, you received your salvation as a gift. As adorable as you are, you did not 
deserve it, nor did you earn it. From first to last, it is by grace. From first to last, it is a gift from God. And Jesus says, what you have been freely given, freely give. Give it away. Now, unlike most things, most commodities, if you give it away, you have less of it. Not true with God's grace. God will cause his grace to abound in you. He will pour out more and more grace into you. You will not give your salvation in the way, give your salvation away in the sense that you yourself will lose it. You will never lose it. You will keep that salvation even as you give it to others. And that's what we're called to do. Now, folks, you came to know Jesus Christ as Savior because someone was obedient to the call of Christ to tell you. May have been a pastor, may have been a Sunday school teacher, may have been someone in vacation Bible school, may have been a friend, may have been a family member, may have been a total stranger. But someone was obedient to the call to tell you about Jesus. And that's why you're sitting here today. That's how it works. That's how God's word says it works. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, Romans 10. How then? How then can they be saved? How then can they call on the one that they've not believed in? And how, how can they believe in one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Here's the deal. If you're a Christian, you were lost. But now you're found. You were dead. Dead in your sins, dead in your trespasses. But now you're alive in Christ Jesus. And you hold, you hold the gospel, the truth of salvation in your hearts and in your hands. And the Apostle Paul would beg you give it away. And I, as your pastor, beg you to give it away. And the Savior of the world who gave you life pleads with you to give it away. It is yours to keep and yours to give. The old expression, you can't have your cake and eat it too, take that one off the table. You can have your salvation and give it away, and that's exactly what you're called to do.